You can subscribe to The Leader from the Evening Standard through your podcast provider and share us too. Use the hashtag The Leader Podcast on social media. Now, from The Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader. Hi, I'm David Marsland. The Health Secretary writes for the Evening Standard, calling for the public to play its part in tackling coronavirus. But how far will the government go to enforce it? And we're still waiting on the details of that. They said something along the lines of police can come round in suits and it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Our comment editor, Susanna Butter, on Matt Hancock's warning they have the power to compel people to self-isolate. Also, I will no longer seek to be the 2020 Democratic nominee for president, but I will do everything in my power to ensure that we have a new Democratic president come January. The White House dream is over for Pete Buttigieg, but with the biggest vote for the Democrat nomination about to come is Joe Biden back from the dead. Our US correspondent David Gardner previews Super Tuesday. Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is The Leader. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, a call for the UK to rally together to defeat coronavirus. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. There were no handshakes on show as ministers came out of today's emergency COBRA meeting at Westminster, but Jacob Rees-Mogg was quick to help lift up a photographer who fell in front of him during the crush to get a comment. No social distancing from the leader of the house there, as some doctors are calling for. The coronavirus emergency is not yet a crisis, but writing in the Evening Standard, the health secretary Matt Hancock is clear that while the government's been trying to contain the bug, globally cases are rising, he says, and the UK may not be able to rely on that approach forever. He lists action the government is taking and calls for the public to do their duty in helping stop the bug's spread. Defeating COVID-19, or at least minimising its damage, will require a country-wide response, as our editorial column explains. Today's meeting is a welcome sign that the government has listened to the exhortation of the Evening Standard and others for it to get a grip before the situation deteriorates. We've also agreed a, a plan so that uh, as and when, if and when, it starts to, to spread, as uh, I'm afraid it looks likely that it will. We are in a position 
to take the steps that uh, will be necessary uh, to contain the spread of the disease and uh, as far as we can and also to protect the most vulnerable. The coming publication of its formal battle plan for tackling the virus has likely options including school closures, a ban on big sporting events and mass working from home. It confirms that the government is, as the Health Secretary Matt Hancock writes today for The Standard, preparing for the worst. That's sensible, but as Mr Hancock also points out, the priority now must be to work for the best by taking less drastic measures that can, hopefully, ensure that harm is contained. Much of this, of course, involves government action, but individuals and employers must do their bit too. The most obvious way is by following official recommendations on handwashing, but equally important will be the need for people to self-isolate. Mr Hancock says the government has the power to compel this, but this shouldn't be needed if people act in the public-spirited manner that's required, however inconvenient it might be. Well, our comment editor, Susanna Butter, is here. And Susanna, this newspaper's been calling for the government to tell people what's going on with coronavirus. And this article by Matt Hancock with this outline of the strategy and a promise to publish the battle plan, that's a good step towards that, isn't it? Absolutely. I think... For It's been going on for a few weeks now and people have been looking for something clear from the top because there's so many unknowns, there's so many questions about whether you're overreacting or taking reasonable measures. Um, things like if you're the head of a primary school and there's someone who's been to northern Italy, what do you do? Do you close down? Is that a panic when so many li- lives are affected by going on hold because of it you you that's where you do need the government to step in with a clear plan there's very much a feeling coming out of matt hancock's uh, article today where he's talking about the entire country having to come together to battle this virus isn't there yeah and he he talks about how the responsibility is on the individual to do all those little things like some of which are basic good hygiene washing your hands throwing away your dirty tissues um and it is important to reiterate that but then at the same time the government does need to show that it has a plan in place because I think a lot of people want their mind setting at ease um, and they want some clear sense of wider leadership and organisation. And if you're telling people that they have a part to play, then I think it's only right that the government plays their part as well. And part of doing that appears to be ensuring that self-isolation, while they want it to be voluntary, can be, in his words, enforced. They have the powers to enforce self-isolation. I hadn't heard that before, and that's interesting. And we're still waiting on the details of that. They said something along the lines of police can come round in suits, and um, it'd be interesting to see what happens with that. Um, I think, as a first step, what they should do, rather than this punishment, enforced self-isolation thing, they should ensure that there's the infrastructure that people know if they self-isolate what that will entail. And that means looking um, at the financial impact. There's people on zero hours contract who contracts who perhaps feel like they can't afford to self-isolate. Um, and so that's where the government has a role to make sure that people will be paid and, and won't suffer for that. Otherwise, they are going to go to work. They are going to because they've got no choice. Go to work and then spread it. But then there must be an onus on employers as well to make sure that staff know it's okay to go home. 
exactly and and again i think that's where the government comes in and has to be quite harsh on that if if they just let people know it's it's all about communication and and from that there has to be organization and leadership um and i guess with the budget coming up as well um people this is going to be a huge focus because they're already worrying about the economic hit that even a few days of shutdown because of coronavirus will have. You can read Matt Hancock's article for the Evening Standard in today's newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment to find it online. Next. So we have this day, Super Tuesday, by Wednesday, I think we'll have a pretty good idea who will be winning. U.S. correspondent David Gardner on one of the biggest nights in U.S. politics when the Democrats pretty much decide who'll run against Donald Trump. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. They call it Super Tuesday when Democrats from 14 states across America will vote for who they want to take on President Trump. Apart from the election itself in November, this is the biggest night in US politics this year. Pete Buttigieg didn't last the distance, dropping out on Sunday, leaving candidates including Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren, Mike Bloomberg and four others scrambling to pick up Mayor Pete's voters in the hope it'll put them on the starting block for the race to the White House itself. Our US correspondent David Gardner has been analysing the stats. And David, how's this going to end? This is the big day, basically because 14 states across the country vote in that one single day in the nomination race. By the end of it, we may well have a good idea who will be going up against Donald Trump in November. At the moment, uh, Bernie Sanders is the front runner, And I think a few days ago you would have said that he stood a pretty good chance of really finishing off the whole thing on Tuesday. And now we enter Super Tuesday in Virginia. And I believe very strongly that the people of this country on Super Tuesday and after are going to support our campaign because we are more than a campaign, we are a movement. But now Joe Biden has come back from the dead. On Saturday, he won the South Carolina primary with a considerable margin. For all those you've been knocked down, counted out, left behind, this is your campaign. Just days ago, the press and the pundits have declared this candidacy dead. Now, thanks to all of you, the heart of the Democratic Party, we just won and we've won big because of you. And we are very much alive. He could dent Bernie Sanders' lead. It could come down to a two-horse race. 
but the, the key thing about this whole Super Tuesday idea is that the you know, rest of the races are kind of spread out. New Hampshire here, Nevada, they, they, they kind of roll onto each one, one over the other. On Super Tuesday, they're all voting all over the country. California, big state with lots of delegates. Uh, that's where Bernie Sanders will hope to really pin down his position. But Joe Biden is now the moderate's choice. He's going up, he's painting himself as the, the voice of reason against Bernie Sanders, the left-wing socialist who wants a revolution. That's where the boat is going to be drawn. For instance, again, Joe Biden, as we saw in South Carolina, has pretty much got a lock on the black boat. That's, that's put him back in the race. Bernie Sanders has a good youth following. He has a good following among the Latinos. Uh, they could really be decisive here. But the big thing is there are still a number of, of Democrats in this race. It's not just the two of them. Uh, it's been described as a kind of giant's Rubik cube. There's so many different varieties of results, winners, losers, delegates. This is not just a straight race of who wins what. Delegates come into it. The, the number of votes in each state are crucial to determine the final tally. So we've got the front runners, as you've called them, but there's an unpredictable element in this one with Mike Bloomberg finally entering the race, isn't there? Up to now, he's kept a distance. He's not actually been on the ballot. But he spent a half a billion dollars already on his campaign. That's without a vote being cast. On Super Tuesday, he will be on the ballot in 14 states. I know, I just missed the rodeo. And I'm too early for fiesta. But I am just in time to wish you an all happy Texas Independence Day coming up. I don't know how to break this to you, but we don't celebrate that in New York. Uh, seriously, with your help, we are going to celebrate even more on Super Tuesday. He could make a huge dent in the, in the race. He could make a real mark and he could present himself as the from-behind candidate. Equally, he could fail dismally, drop out of sight, and the whole thing will be lost. What we do know is he's putting himself up against Joe Biden effectively as the moderate candidate. That possibly could bite into Biden's following. It could make life more difficult for him and benefit Bernie Sanders. We can only wait and see. We'll be covering Super Tuesday on our audio news bulletins available through your smart speaker every morning from 7am. Just ask for the news from the Evening Standard. And that's the leader. Subscribe through your podcast provider and get in touch through social media. Use the hashtag the leader podcast. Tell us what you think and what you'd like to see covered. We're back tomorrow at 4pm. <laughs>